to Haiki Book Club with Zeleni and Cameron. I'm Zeleni. I'm Cameron. And it's 2018. Whoa! Yeah, Cameron, he's always saying he wants you to comment on something that doesn't exist, but for 2018, Haiki Book Club got a Twitter. Announcement, whoa, yeah. big news. <laughs> yeah, so make sure you follow at Haiki Book Club on Twitter. I really... We, I definitely won't. No, you will. You do. Oh, that's true. You do. I was trying to make a joke about how I'm never on Twitter. Well... I do not use Twitter. He doesn't, but he should. I've been trying to convince him. I think it's slowly working. Now I have to. I have to use it. It's part of my yeah. responsibilities not, as a podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. On, on the Twitter, we'll also be posting what we're doing next, so that way you're, like, warned and you can book club with us. So, like, you know mm. what you're book clubbing. In case you haven't seen a movie or a TV show, we can we can all come together and listen the next yeah, week. Yeah, it's so, true. This, this past week, I, I told you guys on Twitter, the few people that follow us, <laughs> that we're going to be Hi covering... Stop. <laughs> we're covering Lady Bird. I chose Lady Bird because I want to see a few of the... At least, at, at least know of a few of the... Stuff that's going to be big in award season this year. Right now we're, we're kicking off award season and Lady Bird won and we'll get into that. But it has a lot of Oscar buzz and I just, I, I want to be slightly cultured when I'm watching <laughs> the award shows. I don't know. I just like to have seen at least a, one of them. So far we've just seen Lady Bird and Coco, but hopefully we'll do a couple more. That are nominated Absolutely. before the Oscars. There are a couple on my radar for sure after yeah. watching. We, Delaney and I watched the Golden Globe Awards. Yeah. Um, I don't know what annual. Um, 75th, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The 75th and And who better than to lead out the night than the magistrate herself, Oprah. Oh, Oprah, of course. But we don't have time. We don't have time. That's true. That's another one. We have a lot... Another show. We have a lot to cover. We have a lot to cover for Lady Bird. So for 2018, I also wanted to bring about another change. Aside from our Twitter, please follow us. I wanted to incorporate more research and fun facts and stuff like that about each movie we cover. That way, like, people get some education out of it. That's like you wouldn't get in the mainstream kind of coverage of these movies. And it's fun, like... Next time you're with your friends or at work or something and these movies come up, you'll look so cultured. Like, oh, did you know it grossed $30 million in the box office? Wow, that's so hot, you know? So... So, Lenny, you didn't tell me anything <laughs> about this. I know. I, <laughs> I know. I, I think that's... But that's good. We're informing the public Yeah, about... I, I just think it's more fun for people to, like, learn... So that's one change. I, I'm going to bring some research, some fun facts that mm -hmm. you normally wouldn't get. I'll try my best. And Cameron also had a good idea of assigning a grade at the end. Each of us assigning like a letter grade, I guess, we will do. 
Or should we do like a percent? <laughs> no, I think I think a the letter. The rotten book club. No. <laughs> no, we'll do a letter grade to. I like the letter to simplify. grade. Yeah. So, we'll do that at the end of this, and I wanted to quickly grade all our past episodes. Rapid fire. Wait. So, oh, well, okay. Rapid fire right now, uh, just because. Do you I have feel, the list? I know it by heart. I I just feel like I don't want I want to see like our scale here. Okay. So Stranger Things. The whole season or uh, the whole series? The whole series. Rapid fire. Rapid. Oh fire. God. Uh, n- n- nine. No. Ed, oh, letter God. grade. Letter grade. <laughs> oh no. Uh, A. Okay. A plus. <laughs> Got it. For me, High School Musical. <laughs> B plus. I give it a B. <laughs> mean Girls. A for A me. minus. A. A minus. Okay. Black Mirror season three. I don't. The episodes um, we saw. The episodes we covered. Uh, those. I give it an A. I give. I give a B. B. Yes. Oh my god. Jeez. And Titanic. A, a plus. plus. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Our taste. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the rest were specialty episodes. So. That's it. Good. So, uh, but at the end, we're going we're gonna to give the grade to Ladybird. What about Coco? Oh, shit, Coco. That was last week. A plus. A plus, yeah. You're right. I, I kept thinking the last one was year in review because mm-hmm. this is like our first 2018 podcast, but Coco, we recorded a while back, but it got pushed back because of the year in review, so... This is These our podcasts first... are pre-recorded, in case yeah. you couldn't tell. <laughs> These are, this is our first podcast 2018, so that's why we're incorporating all the changes now. So yeah, those are all new changes. New Twitter, new grades, and new fun facts and research. That's okay. enough for that's, now. Yeah, that's good. Next year we'll bring another three new things. Okay. Maybe <laughs> kick out one or two old things. No. <laughs> so... I like the Constitution. Let's get, we're going to start with Lady Bird, which is... I'll give it a very short summary. I mean, it's it's a simple plot. It's a coming-of-age story, and it, it's very realistic and indie, and it follows a senior in high school at a Catholic school and sort of the the whole ye- school year of her, like, trying to figure out who she is and where she wants to go to college and just if it's a lot also about her dynamic with her family and her mother, but also, like, her friend and school relationships and ultimately college. A senior, yeah, a senior girl in uh, high school girl in 2002, 2003. Oh, yeah, and it's in 2002. So I wanted to talk about that because that's the first time. And I, and I don't watch that many movies, so it, it's not that. It's about me that I haven't seen this, but I haven't seen really a period piece on the early 2000s yet. Mm. And this was very like that. And I'm wondering if, like, the nostalgia is there now for the 2000s. Because I feel it. I mean, I grew up in that time. Mm-hmm. And, I definitely I mean, think so. They had the, the CD. They had the cassettes, like, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. They showed them the, the daughter. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Lady Bird, now is the moment. Do not listen from here on and out any further. Stop it. the tape now. Pull it <laughs> okay, out. They got it. Throw they, it out of the window. So... If you've continued listening, great. So, <laughs> the <laughs> relationship, the main character is the daughter and the mother. They're driving, and 
the we're introduced to them by them driving in the car, listening to the final tape of oh, like yeah. a forty tape of collection of the Grapes of Wrath as an audio book. <laughs> oh, I book. hate that book. <laughs> so and they're both like sobbing, crying at oh, the very God. end of it. There's this like really you know, silly kind of orchestral type classic orchestra music from that time period of when the Grapes of Wrath was written, and so. <laughs> I think that there's that type of nostalgia there too for the types of appreciating the types of technologies that we had at that time. Oh yeah, of course. And and the experiences that were yeah. I think connected to them. Yeah. And I think that opener really shows quickly the relationship between the two. How it does. They're bonding one second and then, then the that scene ends with the mom telling her she she's going to Catholic school for the senior year cuz the public school there was a stabbing and she jumps out of the car dramatically because she's kind of a, a dramatic teenager mm-hmm. and breaks her arm. And so they're just fighting. She's a bird. She thinks she can fly. <laughs> they, they, go, they go from, like, bonding over this tape to, like, her jumping out of the car dramatically. Like, so it shows their relationship really. And she ends up breaking her arm. Yeah. Well, that's, so like, she an has, important part of She has, of like, a story. broken arm most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... I also wanted to mention, which is a really weird thing, but the the math teacher was an aquamarine. The math teacher is kind of an important character that her best friend has a crush on. And it's funny because he's, like, a teacher, but, like, in aquamarine, he was, like, the hunk, like, the love interest. So it's just funny. I I thought that was weird. I don't don't know if anyone noticed that or would notice that. Did you notice? Let us know. I I doubt it. (laughs) But I thought that was hilarious. Anyway... That was just a side note. So, back to the movie. I commented on... Well, I guess we'll start with the Catholic school thing, which okay. is what I related to a lot, because I went... As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I went to middle school and ninth grade and to Catholic school, and it was just so hilarious in this movie to see, like, all the Catholic school things I had forgotten about. Like, remember in the Christmas podcast, I told you that... They used to tell us, leave room for the Holy Spirit. And then sure enough, <laughs> in this movie, when in Lady Bird, they're at yeah, the dance. At they're the, dancing. The, was that at prom? It was, I think, homecoming. The homecoming. Yeah. And they were dancing really close, and then Nan walks by, and it's like, oh, leave interest for the Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh my God, that's, that's what they would tell us. Not there was, me, Wasn't because there another moment, though? Like, when they would talk about, what about when they gave the speech, the lecture about... Abortion. Oh, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> okay. But... Because that shocked I was, me. I was just like... No, yeah. No. I, I, the, <laughs> other, the other Catholic school things, like, they're they're at mass a lot in the, throughout the movie, and just, like, the, how she's kind of bored, and she's looking around, and she's looking at the dynamics of other people. Like, I just... I, I was, like, flashback. I was, like, triggered, because I was like, oh, no, this is friggin' my life. <laughs> And also there are skirt checks, which we had totally. And it sucks because, like, in uniforms and TV and stuff, they're always, like, really cute. You know, on girls, it's, like, the short skirt and, like, the cute little tie. But, like, in real Catholic school, your skirt goes to your knee. It's, like, the least sexy length possible. <laughs> and, like, the, the shirts are all, like, boxy. And it's just not the sexy image that... I had before I started. So I just thought that was funny. They incorporated the skirt check. When they, I got in trouble once for a skirt check. Did you really? I Why? Because it was too short. A little bit. Like, not even, like, like two inches above my knee or something. Was that your fault? 
Did you purposely know well, it Well, I just short? bought it a little small. I don't know. It wasn't on purpose, but yeah. So Did they I, give you detention? No, they, they let it slide because I was like, oh, I just bought this. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, they're nice about it, I guess, but I just thought that was funny. And also, I was kind of weird. I, I'm calling bullshit on one thing of this movie. It, oh, that okay. her hair is, like, pink. At Catholic school, no, no way. You're not allowed they get boys in trouble for hair and for hair length and girls in trouble for hair color. Guys, the guys would get in trouble all the time for long hair. Also, like, the love interest had long hair. Did he go, to, he did go to the school, didn't he? <laughs> well, he went to the boy version, which, yeah, like, in, in San Antonio, I didn't go to the, I went to the co-ed one, but there's one that's, like, all boys and all girls, kind of, on the same campus, kind of, but, like, separated, like, next to each other. Not on the same campus. Did you know my school made me cut my hair once? Oh, really? In first grade. Oh. <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> it is a long time ago. But I had, insane. But it wasn't, like, really long, but I had a little, I guess, rat tail. Oh, no. A ponytail <laughs> that hung down out the back of my uh, hair. In first grade? It, I, yeah. That's and rash. it was something that I carried, like, with me. I had had all since I was a young little child. Oh, my God. And then at the, yeah, I guess, age of six or so, when I was in first grade, they I went to a particular school where they were strict about... I don't think it was a Catholic school or Catholic-leaning, mm. but they were just like, conservative about the uniform. Yeah. And this included the gender expectations. Yeah, of, of course. The hairstyles. And I was very... I was really shook at the time about it. <laughs> Good job. You <laughs> um, I was... I, I, I was so... I teared up, you know, oh, it meant so much to I'm me. Sorry. I was, I remember crying in my mom's lap over having to cut mm. it as she had the scissors right there. Oh my god, that's dramatic. Feeling it getting chopped, it was, yeah, just, yeah. I just think like the rules at this Catholic school in Ladybird were pretty nice, like, like the hair thing, they let her have pink hair. They would like skip class and just be chilling and like have no consequences. It seemed like college. That that seems like a college thing where you can skip class and no one cares. It's like it's just your own missing out if you're missing out. And but, that principal lady really liked her. Oh yeah, the nun. Yeah, mm -hmm. she was nice. And I, she was on a scholarship, which I was on a scholarship when I was in Catholic school. And I related to that, like, nerve of, like, losing it. Not that I, I, I mean, I was a very, like, goody-two-shoes person, but you never know when they'll, like, take it away or, like, sometimes we're late on payments and stuff. I've never thought about the profitability of religious schools, but that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, um, I wanted to, if we're going to talk about the religion thing for a second or okay. if we're going to move on from it, I just wanted to mention the part that was kind of a significant thing for me, it was towards the end of the movie where, uh, she, I think it was towards the end of the movie, um, where Ladybird wakes up in the hospital. No, that's a, yeah, that's the very end. Yeah. Yeah. In New York. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. I, right. And so it's a pivotal moment where she then sees the other child who's like hurt. And then I guess that she's supposed to have like, had this reassessment of her values or mm. priorities and such. Something that I thought was a missed moment in the script mm -hmm. of the writing of it was in the hospital. So one time I woke up kind of like in a hospital. It's not that oh I woke <laughs> I didn't wake up there, but like 
I had finally gotten into my uh, bed of the hospital that I needed to, after I had broken my arm Mm -hmm. and I wasn't drunk, (laughs) but I was, I had passed, you know, just to sleep for a little bit and then reawoken. And when I woke up and opened my eyes, uh, I was like looking right up and at the top of the wall in front of me and at the end of my feet. And I saw a cross with Jesus on it. uh And I remember just in that moment being in the hospital that it had really struck me because I wasn't a religious person, but I felt like I understood what this bed's purpose was that I was laying in and like trying to understand all of the other people that it served and what that, Mm. you know, what that kind of image Mm. is supposed to really set for somebody who could potentially be seeing the last thing they see Mm. ever in life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, she, she has that realization and then goes to mass. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's that how that played out in this movie. So I felt like she could have like opened her eyes because it would have mm. been realistic to have a cross. That's interesting. Uh, in I didn't think about that. The hospital. But moving on. Well, the last thing I want to talk about regarding Catholic school, which you just you mentioned before, is the abortion thing. The abortion right. talk. So the abortion talk in Catholic school is very intense. Like it's a thing. It's the whole reason. I don't even remember it no, being no. a thing in my school, in public school. Well, no, no, no. It's a Catholic school thing because they're so against it. Like, they cite the only reason as being Republicans and voting for the Republican candidate is pro-life. Like, that's literally the only thing in politics that they care about. No joke. Yeah, and they give you talks. There's posters on the walls of, like, babies that look, like, born, like, almost straight up out of the (laughs) like they're so big and they're like this is when people abort them you know like images like that and like talks like that like in the movie how there's like a lady that was like my mom thought about an abortion and i'm the (laughs) guess guess (laughs) who that child was that could have been aborted yeah that's every child by the way (laughs) literally (laughs) but anyway so talks like that and I was just going to, I mean, but when you're in that situation as a student, it's really, really hard to, like, not realize. It's really hard to not just believe everything the adult is telling you. Like, it's really hard to be woke in that situation as a kid. Or it was for me, and I feel like everyone in my in my school, like, like I, if the kind of outburst Ladybird has towards it, towards her, that's like, oh, it just looks ugly. You know, it's... It, doesn't mean it's morally wrong like something like a comment like that like is something that i would say if i went back in time now my person now and that's the only time i would say that like back then i would never think at all to say anything about abortion maybe it's not that bad like because the it's so strong of a message that they're always putting on you so i didn't learn about all this until college really I mean, I didn't think about it much, but it's just so, such an agenda of theirs. Like, that's their main agenda item. So, uh, yeah, I thought that scene was interesting. You know where that comes from, though? What? Well, like, I mean, I'm not going to get too in the weeds about history, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the abortion rights, like, mm. movement is a big, it's a big tenet of the just feminist movement mm-hmm. that... Uh, I guess specifically the second wave, maybe? I'm not 100% sure, but I believe so. It was, like, two main uh, things. It was, I think it was, like, equal, I guess, voting rights? Mm -hmm. No? I can't remember what the other main one was. But definitely abortion was, like, a big Mm -hmm. one. It was a big part of women's rights. And 
I learned a lot of, in my history courses about the 1970s being a really important year for abortion rights mm -hmm. as a uh, or decade, being the 1970s important decade, because you have a lot that happens. You have the Roe v. Wade case that passes through, mm -hmm. and then by the end of it, you have this full-fledged anti-abortion mm -hmm. movement that has uh, spurred up in the new right. Yeah. And so that's to align with what you're saying about... Uh, in your Catholic school, how the decision was all revolved around mm -hmm. conservative politics, I think that it can really trace itself back to the 1970s, really. Yeah, I agree. Where I it mean, all that began. I remember, I think my friends or something, they watched, like, an Adam Ruins Everything video. You know him? He does, like, videos like that, kind of exposing, like, things like that and how, like, abortion only became, like, this agenda item at a certain time in politics. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I didn't watch it. I should go back and watch it. But, like, it, it explains kind of that it was politically driven and not that long ago. Like, one of those things where, like, things just oh, shifted. To I think birth control <clears throat> was another big one, too. Oh, well, yeah. But course. that was from the That's, 1960s. They don't believe in that either. They believe in family planning, which is not so effective protection because any sex not for making babies is a sin any and all i just thought it was a very real depiction of catholic school and Good. i was thinking i think i'm gonna incorporate the research kind of throughout okay. like whenever it becomes relevant but a big thing i, I read about is that this because I was thinking, like, how did they get it so accurate? Like, did they go to a school and, like, study it or something? Because it's, it's too real. And it was, like, I, I looked it up and it explained really quick, like, this is a semi-autobiographical film for Greta Gerwig, the director and writer. So she graduated from Catholic high school in 2003. She attended a small liberal arts college in New York. She's from Sacramento, like, so it's, she says, like, nothing in the movie was, like, happened to her, but it was just, like, like, all the things she, she was. Like, Inspired by. Yeah, it's all, like, things from her life, like, the location and the schools and all that. And that's interesting. So, that makes sense why it's so real, because, like, yeah. she lived that reality. She wrote what she knew. Yeah, which is the golden rule, or whatever, <laughs> right? Where did she go uh, from here? I don't know. This is her directorial, directorial debut. Mm-hmm. So that's It's going to be cool. what, Man Wolf next? Another thing, I guess, to being gay in Catholic school and how that was a part of the movie that was interesting and made me think about that. And Yeah. Like, how much of an extra layer it is when you're in Catholic they, they school. They didn't emphasize it as much, I don't think, but... Right. It was kind of... It was a side plot. Yeah. <laughs> kind of... I mean, it was a, it was an interesting moment. I, big I, spoiler alert here. Yeah, big spoiler alert. <laughs> if you decided you would just keep going along with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, the first guy she ends up dating ends up being a closeted gay boy mm -hmm. in Catholic school. And I, when I first saw him, I was like, oh my god, this guy looks so, like, Catholic school white guy. Like, he's just, like, what every guy in Catholic school looks like. Like, very, like preppy and like churchy looking <laughs> he was so proper in the yeah. grocery store yeah and but i i had my suspicions i don't know if you had suspicions before the moment the big I did, review I you did, did it no i i suspected when when i tried she, not to assume those things but you know what this no is no a, no, no. The thing no i i approve of that it was just this one part when she was like, you can touch my boobs. And he was like, oh. I respect you too much. I was like, uh-oh. 
A teenage boy not touching boobs. Hmm. Interesting. Like when he's being invited. See, I, that's so funny because I'm a boy and I didn't even think of it like that. I, <laughs> that's so crazy. I mean, a little bit. I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, maybe he's just that churchy because there's churchy people like that that are like, oh, no, like religion and no touching and that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, maybe he's just very into his faith and doesn't believe in that. But maybe that that is still suspicious. That yeah. was still a little suspicious. That's really interesting. I, yeah. I mean, this is kind of unrelated, but I just... Because I don't think this film was doing it intentionally or, like, had anything to do with this type of common thing in media. But I've, I don't know if I've talked about it in a podcast before, but I think so, maybe. I think um, so. About the musical theater mm-hmm. always being the place where if, like, you, you cannot... It, it's a feminine space. Mm-hmm. The musical theater world is a feminine space. And if you're male in that world, then you are by default un- non-masculine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the character that she ends up falling or really falling in love with, really liking, is from mu- musical theater world. Then he was gay <laughs> in the movie. Very gay. I mean, he, he, I, I say, he confirmed it for sure because he was like, how am I going to tell my parents? And they had that moment of understanding and it was kind of her. I mean, yeah, like in that position, I would do the same. Like it, it sucks and in that environment to be gay, like it's just so complicated. The Republican family, like oh, that's just so scary. And there was people that I thought in high school and, and they'd end up being gay, but uh, they had to just like hold it in a lot more. Mm-hmm. And that just sucks. But I, I think it's funny too that he ended up outing her, but on something smaller. But like how she had applied to college without her mom knowing. Mm-hmm. He came up to her in the restaurant, was like, "Hey, did you get accepted?" And the mom was like, "Uh, what?" So I just think it's funny that he, she wasn't gonna out him, obviously, but right. that's a bigger thing. But he ended up outing her <laughs> on, on accident. On accident, yeah, poor guy. He was just trying to be nice. And I know. <laughs> That's the worst. He was nice. I mean... Something about the... I want to make a technical note here, though, about the editing. I thought the editing was really great uh, on these types of moments in the movie. Uh, They did a good job of sharp cuts Mm -hmm. that were sort of off rhythm, and I feel like that Mm. was an example where right when he says that, you just get the reaction from her, and then it, like, cuts immediately to them, like, closing the door, slamming the door in the laundry room, Mm. back at the house, and all of a sudden she's not listening to her anymore mm-hmm. yeah i feel like that's like an indie movie thing kind mm-hmm. of those kinds of cuts i associate with that but they d- yeah they did a great job i mean that's the thing this is a movie one of those movies i've talked about before that's like just kind of real life more of a picture of real life rather than like some big driving plot happening mm-hmm. but it was really good at doing that and still keeping you entertained throughout like i never mm-hmm. felt bored even though it's like that's true kind of like supposed to be mundane in like what it's depicting like her mundane kind of life I mean, she definitely goes on a journey, yeah. and there's this, you know, sense of spirituality with it, you know, tied around her coming of age, you know, going from one stage of life to the next, mm-hmm. and, you know, losing her virginity, mm-hmm. and also the, I guess, the backdrop of invasion of Iraq. Well, yeah, okay, we'll go there, but... I, I was going to say that I was the second guy she she dates, the asshole guy, like... That's so the type of guy I would like fall for so hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm so the attracted guy who to reads that guy. Howard's end. Yeah. People's history of. <laughs> yeah, and no, and I feel like it proves the point because so before that character even gets introduced, they have it, they have New Year and it's 
going from 2002 to 2003. And in that moment, Cameron leans over and whispers, like, and we also invaded Iraq. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, whatever. But uh, see, it, it's funny because you're like kind of grown up version. That's what that would, guy would have said. Right. So, like, clearly I'm st- I still have some attraction for that type of guy. <laughs> Even though Cameron's a lot nicer than that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that hard, though. He's it's an true. asshole. <laughs> He, 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 yeah. He's just Gosh. my type so he was hard. The Back then more, of but masculinity. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like that was a great satire of that type of person and pretentious high schooler that thinks he's so cultured and. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe he suggested that they skip prom. Who does that? I know. I'm sorry. I know you like prom. I didn't go to prom, but I didn't. Mm. I didn't ask anyone to skip it though. My mom, she's always placed a lot of emphasis <laughs> on the fact that she missed prom and Aww. how much she regretted it uh, as an adult. So I got. I had to listen to her all oh, throughout wow. my life talk about that. Since like, you better go to your prom. I'll yeah. be so proud of you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Mexican parents, so they didn't have prompts. So to them, it wasn't a big deal. It was more, I feel like it's such a society thing. Mm-hmm. And your mom actually lived it because it's American. But mm-hmm. American media always depicts prom as this big climactic event. Well, I tell you, I've never, I've yet to see the after prom party depicted yet in Hollywood <laughs> the way that I experienced it. I feel like you could find it. You probably just had it. It's probably there. It's probably eat. Animal House. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, Animal House? It's a movie. It's a movie. I've heard, I feel like I've heard of it recently. It's a arguably classic movie. Okay. <laughs> Cold classic from the 1980s. Oh. It's considered certainly like the, one of the like archetypal college movies. Oh, cool. It definitely like set the kind of like standard for, I guess, what you'd expect out of a college movie. We, I, we'll have a classics offshoot of this podcast at some point <laughs> oh, where God. I get to turn the tables on Zeleny. Yeah, maybe he can bring some discussion points to those. <laughs> shade. <laughs> we didn't have like shade. a shade cue button. <laughs> yeah, I want it to be RuPaul's shade because he, he does the best shade. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I have a question for you kind of clarification question. I don't know if this has an answer, but what was wrong with the priest that was at that went to the mom like as a nurse? Like so you know the priest that directed their musical, the first one? Uh-huh. And he like cried first in that game. Oh, uh, what was wrong with him? Yeah, cuz later in the movie after the performance, well, they had said it. What? He had said it right before they did the crying game. He was like, I lost, I thought it was like right what before or right after he was, he had talked, I think it's right before he talked about how he lost his son recently or somebody had brought it up. No, he wouldn't have a son. He's a priest. Oh yeah. Yeah. When the, the girl is telling them all the cheese man about him at, after. Oh yeah. Like, so it's after he cried really fast. They went outside and, mm-hmm. and the, exactly. this other random girl gave them all the, all the gossip about why he he was easily right crying and stuff so and, he's, and so i think his deal is that he's lonely got it like he, so he he's he's suffering from de- deep depression that's what that's what i thought that's what i thought it might be but i wasn't sure and and because he was like don't tell her but i mean that makes sense for depression but i didn't know if it was something bigger like a mm-hmm. weird terminal illness or something but just clarifying <laughs> pretty sure 
Yeah. And depression was kind of like a theme, a general theme. Mm. Just subtle. With the dad. Yeah, yeah. A underlying kind of theme. Because, like, they're, he lost his job and he's suffering. So, I mean, it's very real, I feel like. So, I think the last thing is the whole general theme of this movie white people parenting. <laughs> <laughs> and I need some of your help <laughs> to understand because you're white. Oh. Um, <laughs> For our viewing audience out there. Yeah. And I'm Mexican. I come from a Mexican family. So to me, I don't relate as much to the family dynamics. Sure. In this movie because, I don't know, like, white people, parents, they're, like, the mom was, like, okay with weed. Like, they were high in the kitchen and she was like, ha whatever. <laughs> and they were, like, she was cursing all the time. She didn't care. She asked her about sex and she was kind of like, uh are you having sex? But, like, not, like, discouraging it. I don't know, like... So, so there's some... I can I just, I could speak to some of this, but I also want to uh, hold... Maintain the fact that I'm a male. I'm a man. Right. Um, I was different. the son. I was a, of a single mother still, mm-hmm. who also... I'm the only child, but it was a son-mother relationship, not a daughter-mother relationship. Right. So I think there are some differences. More freedom, probably. Yeah. And then I also, before I get more into the question, I wanted to note on the, the scene of catching Lady Bird and her friends high in the kitchen... Mm-hmm. I just one interesting part of that scene that okay. I liked was <laughs> how the mother called her Ladybird. Yeah. When well, she, she was, would like, call her Ladybird a lot. Like she was very cooperative with that in general. That's a thing. Like it's it, it's confusing, and that's why I don't relate to it because the Mexican family dynamics are very different. But she so she's like okay and lets her have all these freedoms and like calls her by the name she wants to be called and. Stuff like that, but then gets, like, so angry about these other random things. And, like, she doesn't want her to, like, dream big at all. And she doesn't want her to, like, look poor. And, like, all... I think she wants her to not just think about herself. And Yeah, that's true. That's at the end, kind of the... Which, in a lot of ways, I I can understand and respect. I think that... Mm -hmm. Lady, that's one of Lady Bird's flaws mm-hmm. is that she's often thinking about herself. In yeah, and I think that's a lot of situations. young people's mm-hmm. flaws for sure. But I think I feel like with being a parent, it's when you like lose she didn't that. appreciate the hard work that right. was going into the family. Mm-hmm. But that so this gets into the whole class issue mm-hmm. in the movie that's covered is the fact that they're like the struggling working class family compared to her peers you know lady bird has to lie to Mm -hmm. then she has that fake friend yeah the the, the popular girl yeah it's so funny like i i remember girls i remember girls like that like but i can real i right all these rich i mean i was she had the short skirt of course they all had they all they were all hoey short skirts there's a lot of them bragging about the guys that she slept with oh yeah that's yeah uh, there was a lot going on like that. Like, I, I insist the most deprived kids are the, the wildest when they get a chance. So that's the thing in private school for sure. <laughs> I mean, sadly, you know, I can relate to uh, lying sort of about mm. what you have or where you are. Because mm-hmm. when you're at that age, you want to make an impression um, on your peers, especially if the majority of the, if you're the minority mm-hmm. because of your 
income level. Yeah. I mean, I was when I was in Catholic school. I was I was pretty <clears throat> not doing well. I mean, obviously middle class if I, if we could still we could still afford like the partial fee, but yeah, I, I had like a small house and I mean, I always had everything I I needed, but like compared to people people that had airplanes, right. drivers, like everything like huge houses and and parties like like the party she the rich girl had that was like oh my parents are here yeah we had those in middle school where like the parents were there everyone was drinking like 13 year olds yeah and there was like a hundred people there too like huge experience stuff like that (laughs) yeah and and at a mansion so like I know. I mean, I I only went to like I think I went to two, and I I didn't. But that's realistic. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. And like weird hookups, and I don't know. It was just messy and gross, and we're too young. Like that's gross. That's way too young. <laughs> that's irresponsible yeah. parenting. Yeah, and so like that happened in the movie too, and I was like, oh, I remember that guy that had the parties. <laughs> that reminds me of Mean Girls and. <laughs> yeah. Amy Poehler's mother. Yeah. Yeah. Too. For sure. Anyway, so well, I just thought it was weird. A lot, I, a lot of the time it just feels like the mom doesn't love her. Like, it, she doesn't show love like how my family did, so... She writes those notes. She does, but I don't know. I feel like it's... They're, I feel like white people families see each other more like as equals, rather like as their own people. And like with yeah. Mexican or uh, other cultures, it's like, well, they're very strict with like what you do. Like you have to come home. You you can't be high in the kitchen. You can't have sex. You can't all these things like they are rules in like Mexican families, but they will protect you like through and through and mm. and like give you a lot of love and affection. Mm. And I feel like white people are a lot a little more like distant. Loose? No, like kind of just like distant and like their own people rather than like. We're this family, and right. I'm controlling everyone, but... Well, I definitely think that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a long lineage of that, I guess, family practice. Mm-hmm. as sort of the, the general behavior of us. And I think, you know, there's so many... You can trace that back to so many reasons mm-hmm. why. Of course. But the I think it is accurate. It definitely reflects... Um, I was going to say that it's accurate for my life and how I experienced it. And I think so also for, for them... You know, the mother just, I think, wants her, wants Lady Bird to pull her own weight. Yeah. And to... That's something, yeah, like, white people expect... It's like, you can do what you want to do, and I'll respect you, that's fine. Like, you can, but you got to make sure you pull your own weight. Yeah, that's the thing. White people at a certain age... Respect when others are, like, giving to you. The parents expect you to, like, work and prove yourself to, like, maintain the family. But, like, in Hispanic cultures, it's like... No, I'm going to protect you, and, like, I'm going to give you everything you need. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what. We're my more- mother was not like that. I mean, my yeah. mother, to this day, is still, in a lot of ways, like, why do you expect me to do that for you? Mm-hmm. I feel like she reminded me of your mom a little bit. I mean, yeah. I don't hang out with your no, mom that often. Absolutely, but- <laughs> though. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, just I mean, that it would kind be that kind like- of thing where, in, like, the towel scene, when oh, yeah. she's trying to say, like, don't get the other towel wet, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I remember that type of <laughs> language from my mom. Like, why uh-huh. are you, like, you know, doing that, that type of thing? My Don't mom's like, here's all the towels. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I'm washing all of them. Woo. I always thought like, it was <laughs> great to go over to another family, like, uh-huh. another friend's house where that's the type of family they had. <laughs> so that's Spoiled the, ass. Yeah. 
It's true. Yeah. No, it it is. It is. I mean, I just can't imagine my mom not being, like, super involved with, like, me moving or, well, super against it first, but then, like, super, like, going to the airport. Like, to not talk to someone, to me, not going to the airport, like, my mom could not. Like, that's the kind of thing that's, like, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like that was a little exaggerated. Yeah, I agree. It, it's pretty intense. Yeah. But it's kind of showing, I think it, they're also trying to show how, like, the mother and daughter are so similar. And that's why they, like, have this tumultuous relationship. That's kind of, I think that was the it's main a good point. word to <laughs> it. It is. I think I've seen it. <laughs> Describing this movie. Nice. I thought a cute moment was the emotional kind of driving scenes. That, like, they were, they would, like, contemplate while they were driving, and that was kind of their Sacramento love moments. You know, first the mom had it, and then she had it. You know, that was a cool part of the movie as a cinematic mm-hmm. experience, because mm-hmm. I noticed, I remember taking keen remembrance, or keynote of the shots of them going over the bridge Mm -hmm. and i just remember them being like interestingly placed shots at the beginning when they put them in there and then it kind of shocked me to see them come back Uh as these really important moments in the climax of the movie where they're supposed to be like sharing this one experience and they try to Mm -hmm. reveal that through the editing of match cutting them in the car looking out of the vehicle, and yeah, that, that shocked me, too. Yeah. I thought that was cool. That was that a was cool cute. That was, that was good. Very beautiful and, like, in a subtle kind of cute way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you ever get emotional driving like that. Absolutely. I do all the time in Austin. Just in Austin, not in San <laughs> For me, it's Houston. Oh, really? Absolutely. You You love Houston, though. I have a love <laughs> affair with you. No. I mean, you have, like, the Sacramento relationship she had mm-hmm. with Houston, I feel like. Well, you know, it's so funny. You, like, like, really love it. Well, so this is my my question then for you, though. Did she really love Sacramento? I think so. I was so confused bit. because I mean, yeah, she, it, it was confusing, I guess. She talked shit about Sacramento at first. She was like... Right. And then eventually she writes great about it in her essay mm-hmm. and then I put the whole love is attention I think it's thing. a whole love hate relationship just like you have with Houston Makes like sense. you could write essays about Houston but you can also like talk yeah. shit about it where it needs improvement well that's the thing though and I think that maybe that's a testament to what is powerful about this movie because what is true what seems like like she couldn't appreciate Sacramento as much until she was away from it oh yeah and that's totally how I feel about <laughs> Houston <laughs> Being in Austin now. That's cute. No, I mean, uh, yeah. I just feel... Oh, by the way, yes. This is recorded in Austin, yeah, Texas. live in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I just... Since I, I work downtown, so I just... every Sometimes when the sky is, like, really pretty or something, or just any time, I just see the skyline when I'm driving to work or from work or see, like, look in my rearview mirror and see the Capitol... Or, like, the, the Capitol building and stuff. It's, like... Wow. And, like, I just have those moments of, like, ah. Uh, or driving over the bridge here, over the lake. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, there's just some beautiful sights around that, like, make you, like, oh, this is, like, pretty. I can't believe I live here. But I guess for Sacramento, it was more, like, nostalgic. I don't know. <laughs> or, like, something. Because it wasn't, like, anything that spectacular. But it was more beautiful. Urban. Yeah, yeah, it was more urban here. Than Sacramento? Yeah. Sacramento was pretty rural looking. She called it the Midwest of California. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't see, like, skyscrapers. They did. Really? Yeah. They have a downtown. 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure they do, but they didn't show it. Mm. And it's probably a lot bigger now than back then. Well, I would... I want to make a just an, another little side note that I appreciated, and it's a mm-hmm. small little detail that it, it's a small little detail, but so realistic mm-hmm. is the father playing free cell on the computer. Wasn't he playing solitaire? No, it's free cell. Oh, what is that? I noticed the distinction. <laughs> you right. do because you were alive in two thousand two. Oh, for sure. <laughs> For sure, just but no. <laughs> I, was I mean, even to... more to that. And what's crazy is my my father still plays free cell, <laughs> and his wife still plays free cell, and they still wow. would like play it not on that type of monitor now, but still on like that version at Windows XP, like Windows XP free cell. <laughs> that's my two thousand two two thousand three experience. That's so funny. See, there's just so many realistic things. And I like how and... they like didn't they Google search at one point? Oh no, no, never mind. No, I mean they had. A few computer moments that were very vintage, <laughs> yeah. but there was still a lot of mail, yeah. mail, mail going on. It was nostalgic, I guess. I want to talk about you. You mentioned like what movies it reminded you of. So we're gonna start going into outside of the movie and now more just outside the movie, like behind behind the movie. We'll segue that with you and I saying what do you think it referenced and what it what movies did it remind you of. And you, because you already told me that, even though I told you to save it for the podcast, but you know, you're going to say it again. I couldn't hold it in. <laughs> you couldn't. And it's something that you predicted before. You were like, you said, I think this is the, before we saw it, he's like, I think this is the Juno of right now. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, it definitely is, I, I think. Um, now, because it's still tackling feminist issues in a lot of ways. But it's, I feel like it's. I don't know. It's more charming than Juno. What? Juno is like ultra charming, if you ask me. I mean, me. a little. I mean, yeah, but like. Or at least, no, like, like at the time period. I guess. Pregnancy was so unlike the, what's it called? The collective subconscious of society in that year. Mm. Like, so hard. Like, I think that was the same year Jamie Lynn Spears got pregnant, who was Zoe, Zoe 101. She was 16. And we lost Zoe 101 because of her being pregnant. That's one of my favorite shows. Talking over my head here. <laughs> Sorry. Hi. It was a Nickelodeon show with Britney Spears' daughter. I mean, oh. I mean, not daughter, sister. She played the main character, and then she got you pregnant. You told me about this. Yeah, yeah, she got pregnant, so they had to cancel it. Anyway, around that time, also, Juno came out. I don't know. I found this a little more, like, relatable, I guess, because in Juno, it's a, it's a nice story, but I feel like it's a little less relatable unless you were pregnant or knew someone pregnant in high school and that struggle. But this one was a little more broad in the things you could relate to. Oh, it certainly was. I mean, it's not like narratively similar to Juno, right. but at the aesthetic, the mm. method of release mm. is kind of what I mean more when I say it's like Juno. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's got a strong female protagonist yeah. that is at the same age and also having parent you know relation issues mm-hmm. yeah so but right exactly i mean that has like a specific very specific type of case whereas this one is more broad this is just you know kind of like looking into the life of a girl who's a senior in high school yeah in and she's very average like mm-hmm. she seems she's very average in everything she does like i was like when she got into theater i you was don't like think she's ladybird <laughs> no she is it's she's just... she's not just Christine. No, but she goes back to Christine. She does. That's a big thing. I think that like, it's so interesting to think mm-hmm. about like how she comes full circle mm-hmm. with that and that she is like, you know, I don't want to be 
like she's shedding off Lady Bird maybe mm-hmm. once she gets to New York. Yeah, because she, I think she, appre- in that finally she appreciates her parents and everything they did. So mm-hmm. I think that the name is a symbol of her parents because her parents gave it to her. So it's kind of just like taking back ownership of your parents that you kind of had written off. That's cool. I hope so. I think so. I mean, that I feel like that end phone call is mm. like that moment of full circle. She she got the message finally. Anyway, yeah, Juno, you mentioned Superbad, which I haven't seen. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if I would uh, hold on to it still. <laughs> That's why you should save it. <laughs> you know, the bad thing, at the, what makes Superbad a poor comparison mainly is that it wasn't an indie movie. Mm. It did have like a more wide release big studio but with the again the sort of attempt to create an aesthetic a promo aesthetic at least of it being an indie film i think Mm -hmm. a very retro styled wise one for like modern high schoolers Mm um i mean it was mainly in the sense of the high schoolerness and Mm -hmm. you know the actors looking pretty realistically high schoolers Mm -hmm. that i was pulling that from but superbad's more definitely masculine driven and Um, that's what it seemed. That's why I don't think it appealed much to me. Yeah, no, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, the I think a little bit more like Little Miss Sunshine in some ways. Mm, I haven't seen that either, but I've seen parts. But you I should watch Little Miss. Sunshine. I know. I it it seems like good, and that I would love it. I just I I forget about it. <laughs> but that's a good one, and uh, it kind of felt to me, and and I saw it compared when I was doing research to Boyhood, and uh, mm. and I didn't see Boyhood, but. Hold on. It not not boyhood, but it did make me think when I saw that, I was like, it does seem like the way Link later covers Texas in his movies. Okay. But of Sacramento. I I, I can see that. Like I with I, a hint of Portlandia. <laughs> well, I mean it's California, so yeah. that makes sense. But yeah, just kind of that sort of retro and like rur- more rural depiction of california rather than texas but link later in like dazed and confused and everybody mm-hmm. wants some shows similar versions of texas i think very like just vintage and small towny <laughs> i don't know and also a big inspiration greta gerwig said was pretty in pink mm. and i think like a big quote they kept saying in like a lot of the stuff i was reading was that Ladybird has a different movie playing in her head of her life than the one we're watching. So that kind of makes sense like But I saw that in the movie, I think. Right. Yeah, like Ladybird thinks she's in this movie like pretty in pink and that's why she's trying to have these like very involved relationship with boys and trying to make sex all magical and stuff, but like in it's a realistic version of high school movies. Mm-hmm. This movie is. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it it really resonated with me thinking about myself during my senior year of high school as an artist and Mm -hmm. how I was trying to shape this identity. I mean, it matters a lot when you're a senior, you're essentially at the like power peak of Mm -hmm. teenagerhood, teenagehood. And I remember once I got to that status of being senior, you know, I felt like I had this opportunity now, this privilege to create myself, recreate myself and brand myself, if you will. And I felt like that's sort of what I guess she was um, preoccupied with a lot, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why she thought she was worthy of going to the New York schools. Mm-hmm. You know, she's Ladybird, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it was a nice depiction because it was like high school, but it was realistic. It wasn't like oh, 
I met this guy and he's the one, even though we're in high school. Like, in every movie, it's like, oh, this guy's the one. But it's like, you're in high school. Like, he's probably not the one. So that's just more real. And I mean, this is a very high-quality film, so I don't expect it to be like, this guy's the one. I was so surprised, though, that she, like, they, the way they filmed it, as though she noticed the bass player yeah um I while know, she I, was still in the relationship i know like before he had she had caught him i know i noticed him too though <laughs> forget you <laughs> and with that no. <laughs> no i i'm gonna get to all my the fun facts i didn't get to there's just a couple so it's apparently the highest grossing a24 film get out really yes how much I don't. Uh, well, so the budget was ten million, and the box office was thirty-four million. Cameron is live researching. So now it's saying that Moonlight, with a total international gross, sixty-five million. Oh, so it beat Moonlight. Well, no, not domestically. So domestically. The, the key is domestically. Domestically, got it. Regardless, it's high. It's high grossing for a twenty-four, which is kind of it's indie movies, right? A24 is the studio. Mm-hmm. Just for your information. <laughs> In New York City. And? Responsible for the Academy Award winning Moonlight. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a good studio. Mm-hmm. Good movies come out of it. This movie premiered at the Toronto, at some Toronto film festival? Somewhere in Canada. <laughs> I didn't write that down because I didn't think that was that important. But it now it's getting a lot of nominations for things, and it won the Golden Globe for Best Comedy or Musical, and also Lady Bird won for Best Actress Comedy Musical for Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse, that's how you say her name, I think. And she's Irish. She's young. Yeah, she, I think she's my age. Yeah. Yeah, 23. And <laughs> it's amazing that she's already gotten... So much I know. recognition. Well, she's been Oscar nominated she's like before. The Jennifer Lawrence. Did you know that? Of now. Don't you dare compare. Zeleny has a little bit of distaste for Jennifer Lawrence. Dun dun. dun. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's an unpopular opinion. Anyway, she's way better. She maybe she'll win this year. I mean, we don't we don't know the Oscar nomination yet, but I'm sure this movie will get some, if not a lot. <laughs> And hopefully, I mean, it, she, I saw Greta Gerwig was also nominated for, in the Director's Guild Award for Best Movie, which is the Director's Award Show, I guess, or awards, which every, every profession has their awards. Like right. Editing. So in the film industry, yeah, yeah there's, there are guilds that mm-hmm. are the labor unions for all of the professional mm-hmm. lines of careers that you can have in the industry and right so the directors guild is that labor union that has its mm-hmm. own distinguished awards which usually the members of I learned this mm-hmm. today actually the members of those guilds are the same usually make up the same body of people that are responsible for the nominations and award giving of the academy wow. so so often the golden globes are less considered a, actually a predictor of the oh, Oscars yeah. than the guilds are. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I do hope she gets a nomination for Best Director because that is a ridiculously underrepresented Yes. It, with Truly. female directors because... Like, I'd be happy if the next 10 Best Directors are... Women. No, yeah, in the research I saw, it was like, there's been like 
five or something total nominations of the Oscars for female directors. And the only female director to win a Golden Globe was Barbara Streisand in, like, 84. Oh. Yeah. And she was at the Golden Globes. Yeah, she was. She she put out a quote that was like, I can't believe I was the last one and the only one and... Or maybe the last one. Oh, my goodness. And, like, why isn't there anyone nominated? And Natalie Portman had a moment where right. she was like, here's an all-male. I mean, it's true. I'm su- I'm really surprised she didn't... Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird didn't get a nomination when they were so represented in every other category. It's like... So did she win anything? Or Greta Gerwig? She no. got up there. Did she accept for she, the best she, picture? Yeah. Okay. Because she wrote and directed it. Got it. So... That's where she gave a speech, but she really should have been nominated for a director. I mean, if you have yeah, a, you have a best hell? actress have the and best, best picture, picture yeah. like, and she wrote and directed it, come on. Or best original, I think it was nominated for best original screenplay, but it didn't win. So I guess we'll, we'll see how the award season Was plays Spielberg out. nominated? Probably. Spielberg should have given up his seat Best director for... got Del Toro, which... No, uh, yeah. Wait, no, yeah. but that was the other category. That no, was, was drama. Director. Oh, no, one they're director. not split up? Oh, okay. I don't think so. Oh, okay, maybe that's why. Still, I don't know. I could be mistaken, but I don't think so. Uh, yeah, so I hope she gets nominated. I mean, it, it'll help. I think they're help. split up, maybe... Never mind. And she, she deserves it, for sure. I mean, this movie is really well done. And she had such a big hand in it, like... And it was based on her life a lot, so... But Saoirse Ronan was really cool. Apparently... They used her real acne in the movie. Uh-huh. I thought when it, when we saw it, I noticed it. I mean, it's subtle, but it's. There. I was I was trying to figure out if yeah. it was makeup or I not. I thought that too. I, thought was, I, was, I was wondering. I was like, they could have done it makeup. Right. I'd, I'd believe it. Me too, because I was like, oh, they're trying to make her look relatable. She's probably like flawless, but like, no. I mean, that was real apparently. Dang. Yeah. She was also, she was in Grand Budapest Hotel. I don't know if I you remember, remember her. She, she, had, the, she had the Mexico birthmark on her cheek. I, I love that. I just love to see Mexico represented really randomly. She, and it was Anderson. Spoiler alert, right? She dies in that movie. Shh. No, she, I don't know. We don't know. I, I don't think so, and he does. So, like, <laughs> I guess Budapest. you'll never know. <laughs> Unless you watch it. So, no spoilers. Well, I, I'm glad you made that connection, because I didn't realize that's who that was. Yeah. She's been in a lot of movies. She's been Oscar-nominated. Apparently, there was some nods to Wes Anderson in this movie, like, very subtle. Like, there was a poster for, I think, Life Aquatic in her room. Yeah. I mean, I really liked her room. It was so... There were so many little things in it. I bet... I want to just, like, pause it and look. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those set designs that's like, wow, that's involved set. But it really showed her personality. Mm -hmm. There was, like, writing on the wall. Yeah, it was funny. What was the last thing? I have anything else? Is that the end of my research? I think so. Nice. Good job. Did you cover all your points? Well, that's what I'm about to double check. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we did, but just in case there's something that I missed. Oh, well, there are a couple of things, but really only one thing that I wanted to talk about. There's the Mm -hmm. thing that we didn't really talk about much was her brother. Oh, yeah. Like, that was confusing to me. Could you clarify what that was? Was that... I thought that that was her sister, like her brother and sister that was living with no. them. That's her brother's girlfriend? Yeah. I totally didn't get that. Oh. Why what? was her brother's girlfriend living with them? Because she got kicked out. Remember, she, she has like an, a moment when she like shares the cigarette thingy with her and she's right. like, oh, your mom took me in when my parents like mom kicked me out. Mom has a big out. heart. Yeah. And it does prove it like that 
she's living there. I mean, she tells him a lot, like, oh, they went to college and they don't have a job and they're working together. I don't know. It's just... I feel like they, they do mention it a few times. It was so interesting to see, like, her brother all cleaned up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the job it. it was funny to see, like, their old 2000s kind of suits and offices. Like, it looked very back then. Yeah. The, the suits they were wearing and stuff. Yeah, it was silly. Yeah. But... Well, that I mainly... What did I want to bring up? Oh, so just like the the plot of her back to the plot <laughs> of her wanting to go to the college. Oh, and just how it was interesting because I know I've talked about me being a senior in high school and these dreams of being an artist, but I definitely related strongly to her situation as a senior trying to figure out what to do about college. However, it's not the screenplay I would have written about my life because. Whoa. Because you're a different person. <laughs> I know. I, I had a totally different experience, though, right? Because right? I didn't apply. And I I remember them telling me, it's not a, important about can you pay for it. It's important if you can get in. And then you figure out if you can pay for it later. Mm-hmm. That was totally not the mentality I had due to my parents, due to my mom, mm-hmm. like, really stressing the background that we're in. And it's like, we can't afford those types of things. Mm-hmm. And... I wasn't encouraged at all to, like, seek out those types of things. It was kind of like... Well, she wasn't either in the right. movie. By the mom. By the dad. The dad was... But I didn't... She she took a different... She took a different... She took matters into her own hands mm-hmm. and did it anyway. And you didn't. And I didn't. I'm sorry. I allowed my parents and teaching to... I think it's hard. Like, I'm telling you, this girl is, like... <laughs> too smart for her age i feel like you know this character mm-hmm. i feel like like when you're at that age it's really hard to realize like oh that what they're teaching me is probably propaganda about abortion or hey what people are telling me about college is not true i should continue and apply anyway like it's really hard as a kid to like know those things it is like the way ladybird did and i think that's just because People writing movies are older, and they know. And also, it's a good example, you know, I guess. (laughs) But that's a little less realistic. Like, it's interesting to me, because, like, I'm trying to... Like, I just don't think that her academic ambitions reflect on how ambitious she was in applying for colleges. Well, I think her motivation was more going somewhere cool and new rather right. than going to actually study something. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of my... That was definitely my ambition with just applying to, go to somewhere UT. Cool. Yeah. That's good. But I mean, not you're... per se to go somewhere cool even. It was just to get out of where I was at. Mm. I mean, yeah. And... I wanted to leave I mean, you end up getting educated anyway, so it doesn't matter your motivation that much. Mm. But, yeah, that's interesting. I just think she's a little old for her age, the character. Or, like, she acts... Yeah. A little older than, I think, real people that age act. So, with that being said, then, <laughs> wait, we've come down to it. Yeah. What What is your final grade? I give it an A. I give it an A minus. Ugh, I knew it. Because you told me. But, <laughs> what? <laughs> for, for the reasons. What's the minus? <laughs> and for those reasons, I give you an A minus. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah, that was a good, that, that actually worked because it's like, because she's too old for her age, too mature for her age, for those reasons, to name mine. Yeah. That works, that works, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point. I mean, that's why I guess it's not an A plus for me. She's a little too woke. 
Got it. But just a tiny bit. It's still a great movie. Recommend. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's no point recommending it now because you already saw it because you heard We basically told you the movie and <laughs> our thoughts on it. Right. But we recommend it. Support. It, I, I'm happy yeah. to support a female director, too. I feel like it's rare. And that's why I wanted to see this one first in case we don't get to the other ones. But hopefully we'll see some other award things and we can book club them together and then root for them at the Oscars. Oh, man. <laughs> We're... We're going to be right there with you every step of the way. So don't (laughs) forget to tune back in. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Heike Book Club to see what's coming next. That's right. We will see you later. (laughs) 